the dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J-Dub, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shea Gibbs Alexander, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay Will, and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. We say this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, never ever, especially on a Sunday, I've got Joe Masato of the Oklahoman with me. Joe, what's up? I think this is my Down to Dunk debut. Is that right? I think so. That's can, insane can, to me. Can I be completely honest yes, right now? always. I didn't even know we were recording Down to Dunk. <laughs> Here's the thing. I have had so much to do over the past few days. I thought, okay, Friday, I just couldn't. I could not make the podcast work. Saturday, I thought I could do it after the Thunder game. And then the time between like the two things is like the Thunder game went a little long. And then I just couldn't make anything work. And so I'm, this is I'm the, thrilled to be here. This is a way bigger deal than I imagined. <laughs> so. I thought it was a, you know, a boring old dream team. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is big time. Yeah, thank you. Well, welcome to the show. Uh, we're in Las Vegas. We are in the lobby at the Vidara right now, and it's a. I haven't been outside yet today. I've been working in the hotel a bunch already. I assume it's crazy hot out there. It's hot. Um, it's very hot. But Vegas, and particularly Summer League, is such a fun experience. I First, I would just recommend to any fans out there, find a way to get to Vegas. I, I met some dunkers yesterday, and it was so cool just to see people that, that love the Thunder and that listen to the show uh, show up to the Athletic NBA show's meet and greet uh, with the No Dunks guys. So that was great. Uh, but yeah, find a way to get here sometime. If you love the NBA, and of course, if you're listening to this show, you love the NBA, just find a way to get here because it's just super fun. There's NBA players everywhere, walking around all the time. Twitter comes to life. The NBA comes to life just like before your eyes. So it's just super, super fun. It's a one-of-one one event. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I second everything you just said. It's my third time out here, and um, yeah, it's something I look forward to get to meet a lot of people see a lot of basketball games and yeah it's just a just a fun time and if you like sweltering heat then it's really the place to be (laughs) just a punctuation there for you if you love sweltering heat uh speaking of sweltering heat Kaysen wallace yesterday we're officially first of all officially calling him Kaysen. Kaysen. And that was not only put in the thunder like media guide or whatever not media guide but pronunciation guide but I believe that Kaysen was a part of that process and us calling him Kaysen now. Yeah, that is, that is what uh, my sources tell me. This is, I, I saw a little pushback on Twitter or threads or whatever you're on these days um, saying, why don't we just call him what he wants to be called? From what I understand, he has kind of reversed course and he just wants to be called Kaysen, which is what yes. everyone has been calling him for years now, at least publicly. Yes. This is what he wants to be called, so let's just call him Kaysen. Kaysen Wallace was awesome in his debut. 20 points, three boards, two assists, two steals. Uh, He's disruptive as a defender. 
he is steady as a ball handler. He's not going to do anything too fancy. Like the passing's not going to be something outrageous. But he, as I watched him, I just thought, oh, wow. Like he's somebody who fills in the gaps of what they need. The shooting, the fact that he was just willing to take as many threes as he did, I thought was really good. Uh, in his ability to just find ways to fill in gaps on offense, I was like, oh, wow. Like I can see the vision. I can see why they would have wanted him on the team. And he looked great. And part of that is like the shooting was really, really hot in the, in the first half. And if he goes one of four or one of seven in this next game, it's not going to make me feel any different. Uh, but he was so much fun in game one. Yeah, I came in like expecting the rugged defense, expecting the physicality, and I did not expect the shooting display that he put on. And aside from just like um, the amount of makes, the amount of attempts was Ten. even more encouraging. Ten, I, yeah. I mean, just like it's you great. said. 10 attempts in a 40-minute game, and I know it's summer league, but um, he's he was so comfortable taking that shot, so comfortable just off the catch, a clean motion right into it. Um, he, he just looked so much more refined in, in that skill than I thought he would be. I know he's not going to go 6 for 10 every game, um, but even even just seeing his, his level of confidence in that shot was extremely encouraging, and uh, – a plus for his summer league debut. Yeah, the shot looks smooth itself. Like he looks like he's going to shoot it at the NBA level, whether that's forty percent or thirty-seven percent or whatever it is. I would guess he's going to shoot a pretty good percentage. He's going to get a ton of open shots with this team when he plays with the big guys. Yeah, and you can see how he would fit in with them just with his intelligence and his. I mean, Mark's going to love him just because he's just engaged in the game like yeah. 100% of the time. And I asked Cam Woods about this after the game, just about just this one play where he kind of chases the ball in the backcourt. This is about to go out of bounds. Shot clock is about to expire. He just grabs it, gets about as far as he can. I don't think he, he didn't reach half court and just launches it, and it banks in. And whether it went in or not, I mean, the, the fact that it went in was cool. But whether it went in or not, it was just kind of a good representation of like who Kaysen is as a player, that he's just engaged in the game, doesn't really care what's going on. He cares about like this individual possession and how can I save this possession. It felt it definitely felt Dort esque. It just felt like somebody who's just like completely lost in the game and he showed that. It was I thought that, that play was really cool and it was it was cool to hear Cam talk about it. I, I was saying out loud don't don't ruin your percentage, case. And I know it's summer league, but hey, <laughs> as far as the story goes in his debut, I wanted it to be as good as possible. And then the story becomes even better as he banks oh. in that three. And then, um, you know, he's a pretty serious guy, but he cracked a smile and was like, "That's because my teammates are goofy." He was like, "We have a goofy team." Yeah. Um, and they were, you know, obviously laughing and uh, going crazy after he made that shot. Um, but yeah, it's uh. To me, he looks like a football player out there, and I know he's got a football background. Yeah. Um, Mark Dagnall compared him to Ed Reed. Like, even his hairstyle looks more like a football player than yeah. a basketball player. Oh, definitely. So, but, but again, it's like he gives off that tough persona, and I'm not expecting the more, like, finesse shot making, and he was the best of both worlds last night. Yeah, he truly was. I think, I mean, he had one of the better debuts as a rookie uh, all weekend. And so Thunder fans should be very excited about him. 
let's uh who who else stuck out to you? I honestly we can talk about Chet. We need to talk about Chet. But I want to talk about Jang a little bit. Yeah. I thought Jang has started to look more comfortable. I thought he looked really good in that game. And he's kind of like definitely like the third, fourth or fifth thought that you have after you watch the game. But his development is going to be is going to be key for the Thunder and that he's just kind of this wild card. You you've kind of been able to see his improvement, you know, in real time over the course of these summer league games. Yeah. Um had that awful start to summer league. A lot of that's just shots not going in. I think it was one of eleven or whatever it was. Yeah. Then played a little better in his second game, especially in the second half. Um, and then his last game in Salt Lake, and now his first game in Vegas. Both really strong performances. Yep. Um, I know he had the turnovers in that last Salt Lake game, but he was put in a position where you know he's you know a primary ball handler out there trying to preserve a lead, and that's yep. not going to be the case when he's um, playing with the Thunder. But He's shooting the ball better. Shot looks good. He's he's getting to his spots offensively, and you know the defense stands out. He's he's a guy that even on a summer league floor, like you can lose him a little bit as far as like paying attention. Like sure. Wallace is loud, Chet is loud, and Jang sometimes is just kind of out there. But he's mm-hmm. been out there doing some good things. Yeah, I feel good about him coming in and trying to fill a role at the beginning of the season and. You know, we'll see. Like, there's still, I mean, Summer League is Summer League. There's not a ton of, like, true takeaways that you can have. But, like, you can see it or not with guys. Yeah. And you can see the flashes with Jang. And, like, anybody that's either all in or all out on Jang, both might not be the right place to be. Um, but there's reason for optimism with him moving forward just because the body type the skill level all of that i mean he had a really nice three off the dribble yesterday too like he's got a lot of skills and he's got still has time to put it together and i'm i'm just intrigued by him uh let's talk about chet chet he was good 16 10 and 3 this team had 23 assists yesterday nobody had more than five which i thought was really interesting um just because this team just works the ball. It's not just one guy's responsibility. I kind of looked up and down the summer league games from yesterday, and they had the most assists yesterday of any team. Ah, and good stat, Andrew. They also, with everybody else that had, some teams had like 20, I think they had 23. Some teams had like up to 21 or 22, but they had like one guy who had 10 or one guy who had double-digit assists, and it's just – it's very indicative of the way the Thunder and even the Blue play. It's just like, hey, we're going to share the ball. It's like everybody's responsibility to get us into actions. It's like drive and kick. Like everybody drives and kicks. Like that's this is how we're going to operate. And I thought that um, Chet's passing was really good. I thought Chet, he had some really nice moves. Showed like patience under the hoop mm-hmm. with his footwork. Had the alley-oop. I mean, there was, there was a lot to be excited about. And then the defense is obviously just... He only had two blocks, but he had, like, nine others where guys were just terrified to even be near him. Yeah, every uh, we're going to be saying this often where whatever the block number is in the box score, we're going to say, oh, man, it felt like he had more than that because yeah. it's the shots that, one, 
um, opponents don't even try to attempt because they they know he's lurking down there. Yes. Um, and two, just the the shots that he doesn't block, but he does affect and and makes uh, makes them very very difficult. He's, I mean, the defense is elite. I, I think it's going to play from day one and is going to have a big impact um, on this team. It's it's ahead of where he is offensively, but I think we all knew that would be the case. But overall, like Chet gets. This has been an encouraging summer for him and that yeah. he's out there. He looks healthy. Um, he's getting in the rhythm of things. I mean, in three summer league games, he's averaging 14 points, 10 rebounds, three blocks per game. Um, and I don't I, – I really, really have liked what I've seen overall. Yeah, and that's without, like, a true table setter. And for somebody like, yeah. like him, how he's going to score mostly <laughs> this next year. And, and he'll have his time where he's – ISOing and he'll hit the step back or he'll hit the one legged like he'll do he'll do all of that that will happen but a lot of the way he's going to score this year is off of Shea and Giddy and J-Dub yeah and so rolls and pick and pops yeah like and the guards have had trouble finding him or knowing how to play with him at oh this yeah. level oh yeah and that's not a lot of those guys roll like some of them can pass, like Jen can pass and Casey can pass. Like those guys can do it, but that's not going to be exactly how they're going to operate within the team. It's going to be a lot of the other three that I mentioned. And when he gets a chance to play with those three, I think things are going to open up for him. I mean, we saw it even yesterday how they kind of left him alone to take that top of the key three, and he nailed it. And it's like, oh, like the spacing aspect I think is going to be pretty pivotal. Uh, I thought he played. I thought he played well. I think he looks good. He's told us that he feels good. He said he feels a little stronger than he did last year. That the foot feels good. He talked about the foot more in Salt Lake. Yeah. That he. It was. It was just funny hearing him describe it because he was talking about how if he like transported to like now from last year like he wouldn't have known yeah. that his foot was hurt and then he was like except for all the scars and like stuff like it, that it was an interesting like it messed with my mind a little bit because he was like if you erased my memory i wouldn't have known that anything was wrong with my foot and i was thinking like okay that's a really good quote but at the same time i guess if you erased your memory you wouldn't know anything yeah. or like none of us would know anything about what's happened in our lives so that was very deep to me uh, and maybe I was reading too much into it. But, yeah, I mean, he basically said, if not for the scars, my foot feels fine. Like, yeah. I would not even know that, that yeah. I had surgery on it. Two surgeries on it, really. The the first to, to fix it and the second to remove the hardware. Right. Um, in his foot. A couple of nits to pick. Yeah. With Chet. Again, overall, I'm going to say A+, plus, just so no one yells at me. Um, it's okay to say A. Okay. Uh, I'll say okay. A, I'll allow Andrew. it. I'll allow um, it. 11 turnovers against six assists. Like, the turnover thing, again, he's being put in a position offensively where he's not going to be put in a lot with, with the Thunder. I mean, I think his role is going to continue to evolve. But he's at a point now, he's so tall. So tall. And a lot of guards are so short yep. that they are, that they just take it from him so easily at times or yeah. poke it away or get him off balance. And, you know, we've seen Wimby deal with this as well like tall guys that can put it on the floor they're gonna sometimes have trouble against those pesky guards so oh, yeah. just being a little stronger with the basketball would be um a thing i would look to for him yeah well and they know like if you send an early double 
you can probably get the ball. Yeah. And that's what they did to Wimby. That's what they're going to do to Chet. And they're going to – and it's good, like, training grounds for this. It's like, hey, this is how this is how it goes with these taller guys that can dribble and have, like, a ton of skill. It's not like either one of them are like, okay, they need to stop dribbling. Like, no. Like, they're going to figure it out. Yeah. But it takes time. It is like this league is so hard. Even mm-hmm. summer league like is not easy, especially when teams know that like, hey, we can just throw everything that we can at this one guy. Especially with Minyama, where it was just like the Hornets did not care about anybody else, and they just throw these early doubles, triple teams at these guys as they're trying to make their spin move or they're trying to dribble. And they and they, both of them have had moves where it's like, oh wow, like that's pretty nice. Like people g- have gotten excited about it. Yeah. Um, but it's it's going to be a process for both, and it's going to be a process for Chet, and he's going to have. And this is where he's got the advantage over Wimby with regards to like efficiency and less turnovers. Is that he just isn't going to have that much ball handling responsibility, like you said. He's he's going to be a guy who's setting screens. And he seems to be very willing to do that. Even in summer league, he's willing to do that. And they're going to allow him to spread his wings. They're going to allow him to make mistakes and to have seven turnovers in a game and it not affect his status in the rotation, which is what they need. But we just have to like not get too down on him about turnovers. Like if you're going to turn the like turn the ball over in summer league because no one cares. Like yeah. it doesn't affect. Any sort of like stats that anyone will look at ever, like tr- this is where you just try your stuff. Yeah, it's a training ground, and it's not like he's doing this having come off his rookie season. Like yeah. he didn't play basketball for a year, so yeah, um, there's understandably going to be rust. And to your point, like might as well try to knock that off in in, in summer league. Um, yeah. So yeah, overall, very very good returns for Chet. Yeah, yeah, he's he's played really well. Got an uh, attitude, young he Chet does. does. He's di- he's different. He's built different mentally than almost everybody on the Thunder team. Yeah, he's got a bit of an edge. Yeah. I asked him. I was like, "What what were your first impressions of playing with Casey Wallace?" He's like, well, "What did you think?" And I was like, "I, I mean, it wasn't like a loaded <laughs> question. It was just like, hey, here's your chance to glow more about Casey." Um, what did but, you? Uh, yeah, that was that he, uh, was really interesting. He just like carries himself with a with a certain confidence yeah, that is does. a little different. Yeah. Uh, let's let's talk about this trade from yesterday. Oh boy! So I was walking into the arena when I saw this trade happen, and so the Atlanta Hawks. Here's. Uh, the tweet from Woj. The Atlanta Hawks are trading Ty Ty Washington, Usman Garuba, Rudy Gay, and a second round pick to Oklahoma City to the, uh, for Patty Mills. Sources tell ESPN the Hawks save $4.5 million in the deal. So this is just insane to me. One, if I were a Rockets fan, I would be so mad about how all these trades have gone down. Yeah. But the fact that the Thunder just keep like cycling this trade like around and around and it's like players that the Rockets have had that the Rockets have had to give picks to get rid of and then somehow the Thunder do these same trades and acquire these same players but end up on top with like five extra seconds 
instead of giving away three uh, is insane. Uh, now the Thunder have a kajillion players yeah. on their roster too, and they're going to have to do something, I think, to finalize this trade because I don't think you can carry more than 20. Yeah. And so I will be intrigued to see. Well, and Michic and Jack White have not officially signed too. So when they officially oh, sign, that'll yeah. that'll give them some wiggle room. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that helps. And it's fun. I mean, it's and if you're like a Thunder fan like, "Okay, what are they going to do with all these guys?" Like just like don't worry about it because they're they're going to figure it out and there are players that can be cut from yeah. this roster and some of them may end up being good players some of them may not some like rudy gay is not going to play for the thunder nope you know like that that's like an easy one where you can just easily cut that away i think oladipo is another one that i that obviously because of the injury is one that you feel like you could cut a little bit more yeah i know a lot of people think about davis bertans i still think bertans is going to be on the roster yeah, I do too. That's my feel for it. And I do think like of the young guys that are on the team, I think Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who we haven't seen yet because of an injury, is probably one that we could see go of the, like the rostered players that we're familiar with. Yeah, um, among the roster guys, yeah, I think Jerry. Also, it's just like, you know, he dealt with – an ankle injury last year that kept him out for two months, and now he's come into the summer and still has uh, an issue with his ankle and hasn't been able to play. So that's not a great sign. Um, But, yeah, it's like don't – I would tell people to not worry about the the 21st man or the 20th man or the 19th man. The 21st man. Yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) Um, Because, like – if you're getting this value, I, I mean, Sam in the front office must just be like laughing to themselves that oh. they've been able to orchestrate this and take advantage of the Rockets' incompetence. The Rockets seem to be like walking in circles, like, "Hey, we've been here before. Like, didn't we have this guy? Like, why? Why are they getting picks for for this guy that we this had?" Is, this is the advantage of having a stable ownership group that allows the general managers to do their jobs. Like, just here, we will let you do your job. In Houston, it's, hey, win now, figure it out now, go do this. If we're not better in the next three weeks, yeah. your job, like you're going to be in huge trouble. And so that's when you make these panic moves where it's Garuba and Tai Tai and picks just yeah. to get rid of them. Like that's where you get yourself in trouble. And like we saw it happen in Orlando years ago, which led to like the Serge Ibaka deal. And we're seeing it now in a, on a much lower scale with, with these trades. But the Thunder are just, like, netting out second-rounders where they've acquired five picks. I mean, just five second-round picks got you a really good player at the trade deadline. Yeah. I mean, the Thunder just basically have acquired over the course of the last couple of weeks the ability to trade for a good role player if they need to. Like, that's what they've gotten is, like, just the opportunity to do that. Maybe even – They'll draft somebody in like twenty nine or whatever. That just seems so absurdly far away. But it'll it'll be here. And yeah. I just go back and look at the if you if you don't think second round picks are valuable, just go back and look at the transactions from trade deadline day yeah. last season. It was like it was like the year of second round picks. Teams trading five and six of these things, and yep. the Thunder's going to be able to do that when they want to bring in a guy that okay, maybe you can bring in a 
an eighth or ninth guy that could potentially be part of your playoff rotation or add depth, yep. and you're more willing to part with those picks. So the way the Thunder's used their cap space this summer is, has been remarkable and yep. very forward-thinking. It's almost like the Rockets are doing things one one at a time. Like they have a check sheet, and they're going from top to bottom, whereas the Thunder's looking at, like, the bottom goal and it's like okay how do we how do we get here yeah um and uh yeah it it really is glaring kind of how you can see the different ends of the spectrums as far as how certain teams are run yeah as far as tai tai washington and usman garuba are concerned my guess is that they're just gonna want to get a good look at these guys yeah. first before they do anything with them there's I, no rush to do anything with any of these guys right now. No, and I there was an article written today or I guess maybe yesterday just about how there there is value in those guys individually more than like as a duo. It's a weird duo anyways. Um that some teams might be interested in like trading for yeah. Tai Tai. You don't have to trade them both together as they have been traded. Poor <laughs> poor guys just been passed around. So there's a chance that one that one or both could actually be on the roster. I don't think that's completely out of the question. I think it's more difficult for Tai Tai just because they have so many guards. I mean, they just drafted a guard. They bring in Mitrich. They have, and both those guys are going to come off the bench anyways. Yeah. So I think it's more another difficult. Kentucky guard, another <laughs> Kentucky guard, and they also have Trey Mann, who played really well in Salt Lake and kind of played like we had seen him over the past year. Yesterday, yeah, or it was he, a weird game for him. I just think I think it's tough for Trey. I think it's great for Trey when he can be just like the hub mm -hmm. and he can go get his, but it's harder for him to kind of fit in. Yeah, with what they're trying to do within the offense. Um, that's just an aside. But I do think that we could see more trades with Tai Tai and Garuba as we get closer to training camp or even through training camp. They may just want to carry those guys through just to see how they compete. Like there's it's not unreasonable to think that a guy like Garuba could stick around just because just to have a strong big man that yeah. can move his feet. Sure. Like let's see let's see what it's like. I think his conditioning has been a question mark in Houston since he's gotten there. But if he can kind of get back to what he was a couple of years ago in the EuroLeague, like that's this it's a guy that could translate as like a bench big that comes in and can give you some really good defensive minutes and he can do a he can't do a whole lot on offense. Um but he's at least interesting. And then Ty Ty, I mean any Kentucky guard has some yeah, sort of potential. Well. I mean, these are two guys who were late first-round picks in the last two years. And, yeah. you know, they, they did not work out in Houston. But what you're betting on is, one, I don't even know if they're going to make the team. Um, but if they do, you at least get them in your door, in the Thunder's development system. And you're thinking, like, Houston's been a mess. Maybe they didn't know Such what to do mess. with these guys. Maybe yep. they didn't know how to develop them or coach them up. Um, I do think Garuba is more likely to make the team than Washington, um, just given where, where the roster is. And, you know, if you if you really need a big, we've talked about this <laughs> a lot, maybe you give Garuba a chance. He's he's a, he's a got size. He's a really high-effort defender. Yeah. Um, you got I, paid to take him. Yeah. Like, that's that's the thing. I kind of compared him to a, to a bigger 
Eugene Omarui yesterday, and the yeah. Thunder liked Omarui. I know that doesn't <laughs> get anyone excited, um, but he's a guy that could potentially play. I, you know, you'd more want him on a two-way contract than yeah. a rookie contract. But, yeah, yeah, but sure. still, I mean, interesting enough to give him a look. Yeah, uh, Lexi Spoon, who has paid us money to say this in the chat. Thank you so much, Lexi. Uh, she asked the number of games Chet plays in to decrease injury concerns. Um, I assume you mean regular season. I mean, I think if he plays 60 games, that you feel pretty good about the direction he's going. Like 60 plus games. If it's less than 60, and it's maybe by design, it could be by design that he yeah. plays less than 60 as well. But I would guess that it would not be. Um, but yeah, if he plays sixty plus games in this next regular season, like I feel pretty good about where Chet's health is, and he he physically feels good. You've kind of seen a blueprint for something that could work with him early on in his career. I think ultimately you're going to want him to be the lone big out there for a lot of time. But when it's Jay Will and Chet out there, where you have Jay Will kind of covering whoever it is man to man, and then you just basically put Chet on whoever the worst shooter is on the perimeter and you allow Chet to kind of roam around. Yeah. I think that is an interesting position to put him in because he can recover pretty quickly. Um, it's like the Anthony Davis role, how, how the Lakers played with totally, him. Totally, totally. And, and then I also do, and McKelly had mentioned this, McKelly kind of likes Chet as the lone big just because him and drop coverage can be very helpful as far as blocking shots. And so I... I, I can see it from both sides, but I do think playing with Jay Will 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 be a look that they'll give a lot yeah. this year. And I think it makes sense. And it's one that, especially if you're playing against a bigger team like the Lakers or some other team that's going to throw a lot of size at you, Denver or somebody, it, it makes sense to let Chet kind of fill in gaps rather than just like straight up defending like Jokic or Embiid or whoever the like the true big guy is. Yeah, 60 was the number that was in my head as well. Um, as far as Chet, I don't know what their plan will be with him, but I'm sure there is going to be one. I mean, yep. maybe at times, depending on he's, how he's feeling, maybe he doesn't play in every second night of a back-to-back -back or something like that. But um, they have smart medical staff that I'm sure have this uh, plan already mapped out for, for what – uh, his season is going to look like, barring any like significant injury that obviously forces him um, to sit out. But if he plays 60 games, I, I think that's a really good number. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're going to go to some uh, Twitter questions here. This one is from Alex underscore Bullerjack. What were the best things that you ate while in, you were in Vegas? Eat anything good? Have I eaten anything good? That's the question. That's the question. Okay. Um, you know what? I really haven't, and I feel ashamed to say that. So, uh, we're in a very nice hotel right now where Andrew's staying. I'm staying in a place not as nice. I'm not going to throw him under the bus, but it's off the strip a little bit, not by uh, any great restaurants. I do hope to have a very good uh, dinner tonight. But so far, I've eaten Jersey Mike's, which is by my hotel, <laughs> no, a Vegas Joe, staple. Joe. You know what they say. <laughs> uh, I've had not one but two soft pretzels at Thomas wow, & Mack Center. Oh, wow. I'm a big soft pretzel guy. Okay, okay. Um, 
Yeah. That's about it. That, <laughs> that's my that's my Vegas experience so far. I ate, a, I ate at a place called Strip Steak last night uh, in Mandalay Bay. Amazing. Wow. Every single thing. Better than Jersey amazing. Mike's? A little better than Jersey Mike's. <laughs> uh, went to Guy Fieri's uh, restaurant with my family. My family's here with me here in Vegas. Uh, we walked over there two days ago. Uh, that was good. We had the, the trash can nachos, which are... Uh, have you seen these? You know what I'm talking trash about? Trash can nachos, no. Yeah, it's great. Uh, they basically put Sounds all elegant. Like, pile up <laughs> these nachos in like what looks like and put like a a bucket over them, and then they like bring it over to your table with the bucket over it, and they slowly lift Ooh. off, and then you just kind of like see these nachos like fall into place. Uh, delicious, really good. Uh, let's see, I think that's all. Everything else has been like I had a, a blizzard at the arena. That's the best thing you can buy. Like a, from Dairy Queen? Yeah. That's the best thing you can buy at Thomas and Mac. There's a Dairy Queen in Thomas and Mac? You didn't know this? No. I've been here three years, didn't know I've, this. I only get the soft pretzels. Don't, I mean, you. <laughs> it's the best thing there. It's the best value as well, is to get a blizzard. Okay. There. I mean, they turn it upside down for you and everything. Yeah, make sure it doesn't fall on it, yeah. Uh, it's great. We all know the trick. But, yeah, had a Oreo blizzard as well, and that was that was delightful. Uh, let's see. At Jared KW13, has Summer League changed or confirmed your opinion about anyone on the roster? Um, I try not to get bogged down by Summer League samples, but I think it's natural uh, to, you know, you see what's out there and you make an opinion. Um, Trey Mann has helped himself this summer in my mind, even though it's such a tiny sample, but like, when, when we're talking about Ty Ty Washington, um, I think I would rather have Trey Mann than Ty Ty. That's mostly because I've seen what Trey's done this summer, and I did not pay a ton of attention to what Ty Ty did um, last year with the Rockets or, or in the G League. So um, he's a guy that's been encouraging to me. Um, Jalen Williams, J-Dub, confirmed that he's very, very good oh at basketball. Um, yeah. Where that he was played, the loud one. Played one half and then was done for yeah. summer league. It's a statement. Forever. Yeah. It's like mic drop. <laughs> 20 points in 20 minutes, mic drop, out of here. Yeah, I hoped you. I was hopeful that he would play at least one game here in Vegas. Uh, not that they needed him to. It was a nice humanitarian effort by the Thunder to not throw him out there against these poor he, summer league souls. Yeah, and, I mean, the Mavs were trying hard, too. Yeah. Yesterday. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I, I'm confirmed that yeah. I wasn't high on Derek Lively, and uh, careful. I guess players could be at this hotel. Um, um, <laughs> Mavs are not here. Pistons <laughs> and Lakers are here. Yeah. So don't didn't say anything it, bad about James Wise. Didn't do he's much in his 16 minutes uh, yesterday against the Thunder. I mean, he's going to be limited, and that's just the case with him for maybe the next one or two years. Like it's, if he's going to reach his potential, it's not going to be next year. That's why I but just. But they drafted him to, like, everyone's like, oh, they need a rim protector. They need a big man. That was like, always, that to me was always BS. I just never thought that he could actually get on the court next year. He's super young, but he's got, like, all the tools to be the kind of guy that you'd want. But even for a guy, I mean, everybody wants to compare him to Tyson Chandler. Tyson Chandler took a long time. Yeah. And took 
it took him like changing teams for like his potential to really shine through. I mean, it was getting him to New Orleans, where it was like, oh, like okay, Tyson Chandler can play, you know, and that took some time. Uh, Torian Prince sighting here in the uh, in the lobby. One of the newest Lakers of Los Angeles. Yep, there he is. Uh, okay, let's see. This is from at. Lil Chili Hotent. I don't know. I'm so sorry. Do you feel that Aaron Wiggins is safe from training camp cuts? Um, no. I Well, that's a tough one. I think Aaron Wiggins is going to be on the team. I think, I think he, he's safe to the degree that anyone on the back end of the roster is. Unsafe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so, too. I don't think it's impossible that they would cut him. Like, I don't think it's absolutely out of the question impossible that they do it. I think the chances are pretty low that they would cut him. But I don't think that at the end of the day, they look at the roster and it's like, okay, yeah, he might be the odd man out. I don't think that's impossible. Do I think it's likely? No. I think it's like 5% chance that yeah, they would I let think go that's of right. him. 95% chance that he's on the roster wearing a Thunder uniform. Here in a few months, also there most are, likely there are two guys from that class that are on the summer league roster in Trey Mann and Jeremiah Robinson Earl, and I think they know what they have in Wiggins. He's not playing in summer league, so I think that's a decent sign for his chances. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, let's see if Kaysen really is a combination of Dort and Joe. Does he crack the starting lineup by the end of the season? <laughs> this is from at. Uh, Goblor underscore DFS. He might crack the first team All NBA <laughs> if, he, if he's Lou Dort on defense and Isaiah are, Joe are, shooting from three. There are good things and bad <laughs> things about him playing so well in his first game because the bar is now set so high that it's like wow, like obviously best shooter ever, <laughs> obviously greatest def- perimeter defender ever. Yeah, uh, there is a chance that. Kaysen Wallace ends up being one of the better guys on this team. Like, in fact, like he's one of the highest drafted players on this team right now. Yeah. It's Chet, it's Giddy, Giddy. and it's Kaysen. Aren't those the three That's highest right. those yeah. are the three highest drafted players? Kaysen on the one team. spot ahead of Jang, two spots ahead of J Dub. Yeah. And like it's all subjective just because different drafts have different feels and different strengths. Unless we're gonna count Victor Oladipo. <laughs> We're not counting Victor Oladipo, <laughs> but that's a good call. Um, yeah, there's a. I mean, there's not a. It's it's not a. It's an absurd question because we've only seen him play once, but it's also not because I do think that he fits really well with how they want to play, what they want to do, and I think it's not insane to think in a couple years that Casey Wallace is the starting two on this team with Shea and Kaysen and Giddy and J-Dub and Chet. I mean, that wouldn't be crazy no. to think. But like, let's, let's pump the brakes because, and I, I don't know, fans have been ready and willing to put Lou Dort on the bench for a long time or to put him in. I mean, now people are putting him in trades because they drafted Kaysen. But like, let's just wait and see how this plays out first before we're just inserting him as a starter. I mean, he's he's got to prove a lot of you have to, 
to be an NBA starter, you have to prove a lot of things. And especially on this team, you know, you could become a starter on the Thunder two years ago just by, you know, walking into a bubblegum at the same time. Yes. And now it's like, okay, like you, you have to actually be an NBA starter to start on this team. And I think Dort has proven through time that he is an NBA-level defender. Offensively, there are warts, and there's no doubt. But he still plays aggressively, which they want him to. And so he's he's shown he's an NBA starter. Like, Kaysen still has to prove it. Yeah, and, like, barring a significant injury, I don't see any way in which Kaysen Wallace supplants Dort or someone else in the starting lineup. And who cares? It's his rookie season. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Now, I'm not ruling out some meteoric rise. J-Dub wasn't starting to begin the year. And yeah. by the end of the season, a uh, guy picked in that same range, he's – one of the most valuable players on your team. It's totally so possible. We, yes. we could also see Kaysen not start, but be in closing lineups just with what he does on both ends of the floor. And that that's more impactful anyway. So I wouldn't worry too much about his role. He's going to get a ton of minutes. He's going to be one of the first guys off the bench, uh, if not the first. And um, he's going to get every opportunity. So, yeah, just, just sit back and enjoy it. Yeah. Yes. Just – allow it to happen if he becomes what we think he can be like yeah he he might start like he might be that guy uh let's see have you have you read about the playing tournament the uh mid-season tournament mid-season yeah Yeah. a little bit mid-season i don't have strong thoughts on it but let's let's go there if you want uh i'm excited about it somebody had a question here about the the group the thunder and it's like kings, I'm looking, kings vegas in december is better to me than july oh i'm like already pushing to be here yeah let's go <laughs> During, let's do that let's do this very thing in december i would love that um it's warriors kings spurs, spurs. and then Who's the other team that's in their group? Oh, boy. You can let, oh us, boy. let us know in the chat. I thought somebody had asked me about it um, in the Twitter questions uh, poll. Wolves. Um, the Wolves. It's a very interesting group. Clearly, the Thunder are going to be better than the Spurs. They're going to have a chance to be better than the Timberwolves. The, the Kings are interesting and we're better than the thunder last year and then the warriors are obviously still the warriors now that they've re-signed draymond and now they have chris paul like that's i mean that's got to be the team that's probably favored it's probably them or the kings depending on how you feel about the the warriors and their bench and then the thunder are going to be this kind of like plucky team in the in the mix that would it be insane for them to get through that group no. No, it wouldn't be insane. Also, something to watch for is like how much do teams like the Warriors who are going to have one of the oldest teams in the league going to care about it? I can see the Thunder caring more about it just as a collective group, not necessarily like the organization, but as like like Shea just like putting the team on his back and yeah. Giddy and J-Dub. The organization definitely won't say they care about it and Mark won't, but I could easily see the Thunder excelling in this environment and like yeah. you know trying to win this thing i i, I yeah. think teams like the thunder you said plucky that's a great word 
Um, I don't even team, know exactly what that means. I just yeah, it's like heard uh, it said. You know, like, uh, you know, you've got a chip on your shoulder and you're going to go out there and kind of kind of be plucky. I've never said I am feeling plucky. I'm feeling plucky. <laughs> it sounds How weird. are you? Doing well. What about you? Plucky. Feeling a little plucky today. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't roll out any sort of run. We don't know what this thing looks like, if teams are going to take it seriously. Yeah. My gut is veteran teams won't care as much, and younger teams will. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm i so excited for it. I think, I think it'll be really fun. There will probably be some dud games here or there with teams that don't care about it, but I am generally very pro midseason tournament, and I think it will end up being... Really, really fun. Um, okay, let's see. Maybe we'll do maybe one more question and then go because I've got to get to the arena to watch some games. If you're if you happen to be in Vegas and you're watching this and you're going to be at the games today, uh, feel free to hit me up like in my DMs or something. Would love to meet you. Would love to meet more dunkers out there. I'll be in my hotel room writing a Zaire Smith story. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> Giving, um, giving people what they want. Yeah. <laughs> Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, quick aside, though, I, I really yeah. like talking to the non-roster guys that are here because yeah. like, they're the ones like really fighting for jobs. Oh, not, not in the NBA, but just wherever. Yeah. Um, so kind of like talking to those guys while I can. Yeah. Big Kayla McConnell guy. Are you? Yeah. Is he a good guy? <laughs> really good guy. I, I enjoyed talking to him, <laughs> writing about his story. Two-time Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year at Rutgers. Wow. Uh, yeah. I, did, I, uh, I talked to Herb Jones yesterday. We saw Herb Jones in the Aria, and we stopped him. My kids are with me, and so like we're in like any in-between time that I have. Like I'm walking around with my two oldest with – They've brought these little basketballs with them, and they're getting them signed. They've got like That's awesome. 25 signatures on these basketballs. And so we stopped and saw Herb Jones, and I was like telling my kids, like, hey, this is a guy that defends Shea Gillis Alexander better than anybody in the league. And he just like just like smirked really big, and he was like, I try. <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. Like, then did he swat the ball out of your kid's hands? Then he just and <laughs> hit my phone out of my hand and then pushed me down. Uh, no, I was like t- talking to him about like that. The block charge call at the end of that game. Yeah, that was big. Uh, last year, and he he was just smiling ear to ear about it. Um, so I thought that was cool. That, that's another thing. Like coming to Vegas, there are so many opportunities just to interact with players, and a majority of them are just like down to just talk, like have a short conversation yeah. like that. With and especially you. with kids, like oh, with it's kids. a great place for kids. It is awesome. Vegas I mean, is the number one place I mean, like for children. Yeah, we're in this lobby right now where the Lakers and Pistons are. We mentioned Torian Prince, like just walking through here. But, like you can see, like kids here just like standing around, like they've got basketballs that they're waiting to get signed and are just hanging. out. I mean, it's been great. It's been a great experience for for my kids. Like, so also, have, shout out to any ten year old that recognizes Torian Prince. Oh yeah! See, that's where I've become very valuable to to my to my children. Is like they'll point out somebody like, "Hey, is that an NBA guy?" And 
more often than not, I will say it probably is. I just don't know who yeah. they are because there's so <laughs> many of these like non-roster guys. But then, like when you do see like a roster guy, like we saw Isaiah Hartenstein mm. yesterday, I was like, "Hey, there's now a back backup center for the Knicks." <laughs> uh, they did see Josh Giddy. We just like ran into Giddy coming out of Aria two days ago, and they were just like, they were just walking on clouds the rest of the day after getting to talk to Josh. Yeah, and have him sign. Or J Dub did a event for fans and like stayed yes. the whole time doing tons of autographs. So oh yeah, they are out and about. Yep. Yeah, it's so cool. Um, okay, last question here. Um, I sh- I didn't even come up with one. I'm sorry. There's so many. We have so many questions. There's yeah, a lot you, of really. How good does one ones. even pick? I don't. I don't know. I'm seeing behind the scenes on this show and all that's put into it, and it's incredible. There's a there's a <laughs> there's a lot of questions here. Uh, we'll go with one from NBA Draft Future. Do you see a player consolidation trade or like six cuts happening? And who would? And we won't go over who the like six cuts will be. But I, I would guess that the Thunder won't just do a straight cut of players. We saw I mean, just look at what happened last year where they ended up acquiring a lot of players from the Rockets that they did eventually cut. But if, and if you haven't learned this already, the, the last couple of weeks should tell you that any value whatsoever that exists within a player or their contract will be squeezed dry yeah. in order to get even a, a conditional second rounder. Top 58 protected. Yes. Here, take on so-and-so. Like, who cares? Maybe we could get Isaiah Thomas at yeah. pick 61 <laughs> here. Like, they, you just never know. And so they're going to – I I would guess that if they don't keep Ty Ty or Garuba, that they are going to extract value maybe individually from those guys, maybe from one, maybe from both. Who knows? But I would guess they're not just going to straight up cut these guys. If they need to trade Trey, they will get value for Trey Mann. If they need to trade Jeremiah Robinson Earl, they may get a conditional second-round pick for him. I mean, they're going to figure out ways to extract value, and some of that could be attaching other things to to these players or trading them in a group kind of like they did to Houston. Mm -hmm. They're going to figure out a way to settle the roster. It will happen. It may not happen truly until training camp is over. Also, if you're the Thunder, like, why would you not carry the maximum amount of players into training camp? You know, a lot of people sign those Exhibit 10 contracts to get up to 20. And if you're the Thunder, like, you don't have to sign Exhibit 10s. Like, you have, I can't, like, they have tons of guys that were selected in the first round on their yeah. roster now, especially adding these two guys from the Rockets. I almost feel like it's a market inefficiency that the Thunder's kind of figured out. Like, why not carry the maximum possible and keep cycling through these back-into-the-roster guys that could potentially turn in um, to second-round picks? And I'm with you. I don't think anyone – maybe maybe one guy is just a straight-up he's waived. But Yeah. And it would probably be like a Rudy Gay or – Yeah, Rudy you know, Gay could be waived. Like That, that could definitely be Something one. like that. Sure. But I expect them to – make all sorts of minor transactions to whittle this down and, and realize they have like two months to do this for the most part. So um, it's a it's a situation where, you know, it's like it's evolving by the day, I'm sure, of yes. how they're looking at this roster and different ways they can craft it. And um, it, it's very, very flexible. Yeah. 
Now there's less Aussies on the uh, on the team. That's Patty, right. Patty Mills gone. The Aussies were fired up. They at were the three of them. Still, still have Jack White. I actually sat next to some people from the NBL that are like covering, you know, Australian players here. Big Jack White guys. Actually, yes. This is funny because <laughs> I was sitting next to him at the Wimby game, and I was just like, "Hey, how's it going? You guys, you guys from Australia?" They like, go, oh, "Yeah." I was like. I, give me details on Jack White and the guy who was there um, like on camera looked over at me. He was like, he's like, I'm, I'm texting with him right now. Like <laughs> I'm texting with Jack right now. He's like, he's, and he had only good things to say about him. Like, Oh, he's really good. He's going to do whatever the coach wants him to do. He plays hard. He fills in gaps here and there. And he's a wing. It's like, okay. I mean, like that's, that seems like somebody that you want on your roster. He's going to have to play so well. To yeah. make it, but once upon a time, there was a guy named Kenrich Williams who also had to do the same thing—a throw-in. In or I mean, yeah, he was literally just thrown in to make the money work. Yeah, in and the that Stephen Adams, Adams deal. trade, and he becomes a staple. So at this point, I'm unwilling to write off anybody of these twenty or twenty-one. Exclude like Rudy Gay, fine. Oladipo, those two, like I'm as far as like players on the roster, but everybody else, like you just don't know. Yeah, like, Usman Garuba could come in in like the best shape of his life and like fulfill the potential that people thought he had. Uh, that's possible. You know, Jack White could come in and become just like this staple role player for somebody, or they could both be gone. Yeah, and so I'm just I'm at this point I'm unwilling to make a decision based upon what I know about them now. Because like we all have preconceived notions about these players as they come in, but I'm just I want to see what the Thunder think about them because obviously the Thunder thought differently about a guy like Kenrich, mm-hmm. and he's turned into somebody that like people just won't even consider trading, and has said he wants to retire as a member of the Thunder. I mean, when they acquired him, if you said like, "Hey, this guy's going to want to retire here," you'd have been like, "You are insane. You have lost your mind." Yeah. And there there was also two other um minor contracts in that trade to make the money work in Zylan Cheatham yes. and Josh Gray. Yes. And Kenrich Williams being that third guy, and at the time, there wasn't much to like if you see those three names together, it's not like Kenrich yelled out at you as the obvious one right. to keep, but that's what ended up happening. And like, you know, the Thunder didn't know then what they now have in Kenrich Williams, and yep. the Pelicans certainly didn't know that, or they wouldn't have just included him for nothing. Yep. Um, but yeah, crazy stuff can happen, and that's the whole point. The Thunder doesn't know everything about Ty Ty Washington or Garuba or Jack White. The point's to get them into camp, see what they can do, see what their fit is, personality-wise, playing-wise, and then make a decision. Why make a decision now on July 9th? You shouldn't. You should not. Don't do it. I should make better decisions about what I eat. Yes. I've been invited yes, to a should. buffet at Little's... Not, I, I was about to say Little Caesars. <laughs> Caesars Palace. Oh, my gosh. I'm so I have embarrassed. Been invited I stopped to Little myself. Caesars. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Don't worry. My food's going Almost up. Almost made it through my first Down to Dunk appearance unscathed. <laughs> then I brag about being invited uh, to Little Caesars. I actually wouldn't mind a Little Caesars buffet. Might might be pretty good. I've heard that. It's like, Detroit. That's like Detroit. Yeah. Yeah, the Detroit cover, media meal. We'll cover game in Detroit. Yeah. Unlimited, hot and ready. Wow. Pizza. Wow. Unbelievable. Uh, 
question in the chat from Sauce. Uh, are we going to see Jack White in Summer League at all? No. You will not see Jack White in Summer League. Yeah, he's not going to be on the S roster. Still not on the team, even. Yeah, still hasn't signed uh, and will definitely not be playing in Summer League. Although he's here. He's here. He's walking around. So is Micic. Micic is here. And both of these guys are working out with the team. Like, they were working out with the team in Salt Lake. I'm sure yeah. they're doing the same here. They're. It's a weird thing because, like, even Cason Wallace was working out with the team before his contract was actually signed. So it's like this yeah. strange gray area. But, yeah, um, yeah well, I don't expect to see them in Summer League. Yeah. Walked by Micic yesterday, like, on the concourse at Thomas and Mack. Not as big as I thought he was. Just going to throw you that out the there. You said the 6'5 is incorrect. I would be shocked if that was like a true measurement yeah. of, of him. Yeah, and he's pretty slight. So, Yeah, he's not huge. I don't know. I, I mean, obviously, he's, he's got very nice skilled. beard. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I was just a little surprised. It looked Sometimes whenever you see somebody in person for the first time, like some people's like heights can be a little jarring to you. Yeah. And his was like, oh, okay. I actually had to figure out a way to get back around to the front of him again because I just thought, like, was that him? Like, was that really him? And so I just like a psycho, you know, circled back around to a point where I could get in front of him again and then nice. walk by him again just to, like, make sure, like, oh, okay, that was him. Um, That's acceptable here in Summer League. Uh yeah, I still felt really weird about it, but I like sometimes I just have like these, I like impulse controllers. Like I got I just have to know. Like Chet is one of those guys that looks as tall or taller than what he's listed oh, as. Yeah. Chet Chet looks like a giant. Yeah. Um, Jang looks like a giant. Like, we're in a weird position. I I mean, Giddy looks huge. Giddy's, Giddy's by the big. way. Yeah, Jang is big. Giddy looks bigger than he did last year. It, he's one where you're like, oh, wow. Like, that's – he's super tall. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he's, like, grown even in the last, like, few months. Because he, he, to me, he just looks bigger than he did last year. Sometimes the height creates this weird power dynamic where, you know, it's like feel, we're, like, older than a lot of these guys, than everyone. I was going to say, basically. I am older than every single Thunder player. But then, player. like, yeah. I'm staring up at Chet like a little child or oh, something. Yeah. And it's just like, man, there's nothing I can do about this. I know. It's like, how I, how am I a human and you yeah, are too? I feel like I would be better at my job if I was, like, six seven, Or probably I wouldn't be a journalist. <laughs> Although I don't have any athletic ability, so I'd be, like, an unathletic six seven. Yeah. Guy. I mean, you could be working at a car dealership instead or something. Yeah. I mean, you never Who knows? <laughs> no. Uh, thanks so much for listening. We will have another podcast for you. I believe that McKellie and I are going to record tomorrow. Uh, at least that's the plan. So, But my, my whole life right now is TBD. So don't, don't count on the regular schedule to come back, or at least for a minute, um, just because I've got a lot of things cooking, especially with the Athletic NBA show. So please uh, be sure to subscribe to the Athletic NBA show. We're making videos on YouTube. Uh, I made a video where I went and talked to people that were not watching Wimby, and instead they were in the that was good. Cox I watched Pavilion. That. Thank you. Uh, where I went and just asked people, like, what in the world are you doing here? And that was really fun. Uh, we're going to record some more later today, and then we're going to do more podcasts later today. I think I've got... Uh, 
I got so I think I have Marcus Thompson and Sam Amick and Fred Katz all in one show for later, which should be really fun. And then we're gonna do a a Wimby post game pod later tonight. I think Zach Harper is gonna host that, so that one should be up later tonight. So that should be good. On the Athletic NBA Show, would appreciate you guys subscribing. Uh, hope you guys have a great day, and we'll talk to you guys again on Monday.